Hello and welcome to the Pactum. I'm Mike Grimes here today with Pat Abendroth, and we are here for episode 80 on expository preaching. And we have an expository warning in this episode for you today. What? Yes, an expository warning. Oh, we're actually going to be critical of expository preaching today. In a manner of speaking, yes. Hold on, stay tuned, don't turn us off yet. We love expository preaching. We've committed our lives to expository preaching. We are all about it. But there is a problem, maybe maybe not with expository preaching, but there is a problem sometimes with people's understanding of expository preaching, what it is, right. what it isn't, and right. how it works. It's a big enough problem we want to talk about it today. So Mike has he has a Come into the studio wearing his Iowa t-shirt. Iowa he's, Hawkeyes. He, he, it's going to be a great season. Aren't you excited for the Hawks this year, Pat? I know nothing about it. I, I've been to the school before. I yep. mean, I've yep. raced a bicycle there. There's something good about Iowa University. <laughs> There's a lot great. Well, <laughs> I should be careful how much is great about the University of Iowa. Hey, but before we get started on this episode, we have a contest that we're going to do this week. We haven't had a contest for, oh, I don't know, forever. It's not rigged, is it? It's not rigged. We will be as impartial as humanly possible. Okay, so if you're related to us or something like that, or you, you're employed by the Pactum, you, you, you can't probably participate. shouldn't be entering in the contest. Okay, all right. right. Okay, so here's the contest. Here's the deal. We've got a Pactum gear pack for you. It's going to include probably... A Pactum pack. A Pactum pack. I like pack. it. Not packed. No, no, no. But a Pactum pack. A Pactum pack. Okay. The Pactum pack is going to include some gear from us to you, uh, possibly a sweatshirt, possibly a new design t-shirt. Hey, you know, things could be happening. Yep. So uh, one winner for this, and here's the contest. We would like for you to help us out and give us a five-star review on the platform that you listen to, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can give us a five-star review and rating. And then what we want you to do is take a screenshot of your five-star review and then email your screenshot to us. You're going to email that screenshot to connect at thepactum.org, and then we're going to pick a winner. It is currently Wednesday, August 10th. 2022. That's the date we're releasing this episode, Wednesday, August 10th, 2022. How long do they have? You have until two weeks from this episode airing. So it's the 10th on the 24th. We will be announcing the winner. The Pactum Pack. And I I promise you, dear listeners, it will not include anything with the Iowa Hawkeyes and It's going to be all Hawkeye stuff. Come on. The the Pactum sweatshirts are nice and soft. I've been told by one of my my relatives who can't participate in this that they're Christmas morning soft. Ooh, that's so. uh Christmas morning soft. You can't even buy them. Yeah, right on the street. Uh, on the online. online, you cannot buy them. Yep. Yes. So here's the thing with the five stars, though. We're not conceited. We're not all about ourselves. Speak and for yourself. And I don't need you to build my self esteem with these five stars, although it does help. But the thing with the five stars is that really does help others find the pactum. It helps others discover us. And that way we can encourage and edify others. Yeah. And and I think if you give us five stars and then complain and say negative things in the comments or, hey, I'm doing this just for the sweatshirt. Right. uh, That that doesn't count. It might make us laugh. That's funny. But that actually doesn't count. It has to be sincere because sincere is good. You could even just say five stars. I love it. Five. Okay. That works. So let's move on now and let's criticize expository preaching. Okay. Let's criticize. (laughs) <laughs> Let's, we, we're not actually doing that, but we no. want to get your attention. We want to be provocative. We want to talk about this whole 
whole lack of discernment that goes on in the minds of some Christians when it comes to expository preaching, right. as if it's the only thing, even though it's really an important thing, it's not the only thing. But maybe right. before we go any further, Mike, yes. we, sh- we probably should define expo- what is expository preaching, even though most Pactum verse members will know. Uh, let's, let's talk about what it is just to clear the air a little yeah. bit. Expository preaching. I just had a conversation with somebody about this this week. What is it? They'd never heard of it. Didn't quite catch what that meant. Expository preaching for starters it is explaining. To exposit something is to explain it. Operative word. Yes, that is the important piece of this whole puzzle. Expository, exposit, explain. You're yep. going to explain the text. Explaining the meaning, explaining the, t- the meaning of the text. I think of expose the meaning, but it actually doesn't come from that word. Sure, but yeah. it sounds, expository sounds like expose. Yeah, so the explain. emphasis on explaining. Yep, yes. explaining. Yep. yep. Here's the way one writer says uh, what expository preaching is. The expository sermon must be controlled by a scripture text or texts. Okay. Expository preaching emerges directly and demonstrably from a passage or passages of scripture. So you see even there that emphasis on on the text of Scripture. That's going to be the emphasis. That's where the points and the preaching is going to emerge from. It's not yep. you reading something into a text, but it's preaching, explaining the text, and having it be the emphasis. The dog wags the tail. Yes. Right? The, right. the driver, the authority, uh, it, it actually is from Scripture. Maybe here's another couple of definitions that elaborate a little bit on the good one that you just read. Uh, an expository sermon is one that expounds a passage of Scripture organizes it around a central theme and main points, and then decisively applies its message to its listeners. So there is that application kind of thing going on. Expository preaching is not merely preaching about the Bible, but preaching what the Bible itself says. I like that. Those are mm. pretty traditional definitions, explanations sure, that are yeah. commonly accepted. We could nitpick a little bit, but I think that sampling is is really good as far as, far as it goes. Um, it's preaching that explains the text of Scripture, right? We're not trying to use the Bible to make a point that we want to make, but we are trying to explain the meaning of the Bible, then apply the Bible as it would be relevantly applied or legitimately applied. Uh, really what we're trying to do is we we do expository preaching. We're trying to explain its meaning as the author intended. God is the ultimate author. Yes, there are human authors. So in light of the whole, in light of the parts, what does the Bible mean by what it says? Uh, and we're preaching it. We're heralding it. It's it's authoritative. Right. Yeah. Is that probably good enough for now? I think so. I think that's helpful. Just a very basic understanding. What is it when we're talking about expository preaching? So when I think of expository preaching, uh, for example, if I were asked to, if I got one shot and I'm going to preach a text of scripture sure. about preaching uh, at a conference or something like that, I, I would go to Second Timothy 4. Verse 1 says, this is Paul talking to Timothy, the younger pastor. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and by his kingdom, preach the word. Hmm. And then he says, be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. So preach the word. It doesn't say preach about the word, preach Hmm. using the word. It's actually preach the word and it comes, it reaches back to 316 where the word is scripture. Scripture is God's word. So therefore it's authoritative. It's not our opinion. And we're to preach that authoritative word. We're to herald it. So it is a biblical mandate to preach the Bible. And I actually think expository preaching uh, is therefore a biblical mandate. You, You must do it. Now, some people think that uh, preaching verse by verse through books yeah. of the Bible consecutively, that that is the definition of expository right, preaching. Right. 
probably a little short-sighted. Sure, yeah. Because we could just choose, uh, if I were visiting somewhere at a church, I might just preach Romans 5, 1 to 12 or sure. something like that. Yep. And it would be expositional if I'm explaining the meaning yes, of yeah. that text. Hopefully I'm paying attention to the whole of Romans. But it doesn't have to be verse by verse through a whole book of the Bible. Technically that's called, hey, drop some Latin on us, would you, Mike? That is called the Lectio Continua. <laughs> Which is good, right? That, that's kind of... Mike is amused by his own reading. I am. I, I, I am. <laughs> we tend to do that because we want to get the whole and the big picture and understanding the parts and the whole. And so verse by verse through whole books of the Bible would be bread and butter for us, would be kind of go-to for us. We think it's good. We think it's a priority. But technically, it could be an expositional sermon without doing the whole book. Right. Yeah. So uh, expositional preaching... We're all for it. We're all for right? it. This Absolutely. Is all good. We want the whole world to be filled with we preachers want that do expository that to, preaching. Yes. We support it. We fund it. We pay for men to be trained in seminary. Right. Yep. Uh, we, we absolutely are. I think we recently said bro- crawl over broken glass. Yeah. Over something. Yeah. 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 We're, we're, th- we're what that. Is, what is it? Yeah. But some, yeah. We're, crawl over broken glass. We're that kind of committed we're all to in. expository preaching. Yes. It is not only a thing. It's the thing in a certain sense. Yes, it is. So uh, with that in mind, here's a warning for you about expository preaching. Here's where we say, hey, expository preaching, I don't know, not so fast. Haters going to hate. What in the world is wrong with expository preaching, Mike? On the the pactum. People are going (laughs) to... They're going to quote Let me tell you what's wrong with expository preaching. Strictly speaking, nothing. Ooh, I like that. Sound effects. Yeah. So nothing is ap- absolutely nothing is wrong with expository preaching, if provided it is, that it actually is in fact expository preaching. So as long as it is faithfully explain, explaining the scripture as intended by God, it is nothing but great, fantastic, yep, yep. awesome. Two thumbs but, up. But what is wrong for this episode? Yes. Uh, what is wrong with with expository preaching is the way that some Christians are short sighted about thinking about expository preaching. Okay. In other words, sometimes we think that expository preaching is all that there is. And as long as the pastor is explaining the text of scripture, as long as he's going through books of the Bible, uh, and as long as he's citing Greek and Hebrew, maybe Aramaic words, uh, and talking about context and grammar and (laughs) history and setting, as long as he's doing those kinds of things, Somehow it's a good church. He's yeah, a faithful yeah. pastor, a faithful congregation, and uh, we're that's like our only point of discernment. It's our sure. only litmus. It's our only grid for thinking through good church or bad church. Sure, yeah. So what we're saying is there are some people who, unfortunately, they're going to look and see, does the church do expository preaching? Good. I'm all in. It must be the best church, perfect church. Excellent. Mike, by now I have met, and between the two of us, we've met literally hundreds of people who I think they're sincere, really sincere, actually. Yeah. But I've met hundreds of people who think this is, stress here, the way to figure out yeah. if a congregation is sound or a pastor is faithful. It's the one and only way. It's like the litmus, and that's our big beef today on episode 80. Right. So we're saying it's not the only way, the test that you should have for a church, but it is certainly a test. It's an important one. Yes. I think every pastor who's a faithful pastor is going to be an expositor. Uh, I should stop qualifying all of this, but I don't want to be misunderstood. Sure. Yeah. However, it's a test. It's yeah. not the test. And we need to consider the fact that there are lots of important factors 
that would cause us to say what we're saying. Yeah, as I say, why are we saying this? Uh, for starters, uh, expository preaching is practiced by heretics and false teachers. If I were a false teacher, I may have been accused of being one <laughs> once on TV. But if I were a heretic, if I were a false teacher, I, I would do verse by verse. Yeah, I would cite Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek, and I would do my very best to sound like I'm some kind of expositor because I know people are duped by it. And they think, well, sure. it's in the Bible. There it is. And he quoted Hebrew and Greek. Well, so let's make sure that we understand it can't be the test because all sorts of heretics have done verse by verse, Lectio Continua, yeah. ex- supposed expository preaching. Sure, yeah. And so let's keep that in mind. Let's also keep in mind that I would say every ism under the sun, hmm. and by that I mean legalism, moralism, neonomianism, Arianism, antinomianism, and all other isms. All the isms. Some even positive isms, but any ism under the sun can be promoted under the guise of expository preaching. Hmm. Just this past week, I met a pastor who was a rank antinomian, hmm. and you know what his shtick was? You know what he hid behind? Verse by verse, we take the Bible seriously, we take the Bible literally, sure. all that kind of stuff, preach through all kinds of books of the Bible, and yet he was an antinomian. Hmm. Uh, and so we, we've, we've got to come around. We've got to say, okay, expository preaching, verse by verse, yes, it is super important, it is vital, but it's not the only way to figure out if there is orthodoxy or legitimacy or sound doctrine, or if this is a good church or a bad church, or if I'm a good pastor or a good pastor. Right. Uh, I've, I've known people who've written books on expository preaching, Mike. They call themselves reformed, and yet, for example, they adamantly deny the imputation of Christ's righteousness as the one who upholds God's law. Hmm. Yeah. So just because they look like an expositor, sound like an expositor, claim to be an expositor, write books on expository preaching, doesn't mean they ought to be trusted. Sure. Yeah. So kind of weird to think in those terms. It is. So it's we're saying the way that they're presenting the scriptures may be that expository preaching type of uh, technique. Would you call it? Is that? I suppose. I mean, seems to be the style, the technique. Yeah, the style, the technique, but the content and what they're actually teaching—it's false. It's 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 bad. It's (laughs) it's true. That's true. And and so we could strictly be nitpicky and say, well, then it's not true expository preaching, right? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. But it sure sounds a lot like it, and a whole lot of people are thinking that it is, right? Yeah. And so we want to say, if you're going to look for a new church, let's say you get a job transfer and you've got to go somewhere else. Um, I, I always tell people, look for a church that does expository preaching, right? Yeah. but I don't stop there yeah. because you're going to get all kinds of good, bad, ugly, indifferent, all resembling the same kind of style, Sure. They, but they may not be teaching what is healthy doctrine, good, biblical, sound doctrine. So, so is that a good practice then? I mean, when people move, would you still recommend they Google search? If they're moving to Omaha, Nebraska, would we recommend they Google search? Omaha, Nebraska, expository preaching. It is one of the things I tell people to do okay. when they're looking elsewhere. So, so. The, war- the warning is, but just be careful, that's not the test. You better be thinking about some other things. Right, okay. There's a whole lot of bad lurks behind the shadows that are called <laughs> expository preaching. Oh, I, I'm, 
like when I meet people, which happens frequently, and I'm thankful to meet such people when they do come to Omaha and they say, oh, you know, and I typically say, what brings you here? Sure. Yeah. Which is a fun question. Yep. Yep. Right. My car, I've heard uh, God, the Holy Spirit. I've heard my friend, my husband, my wife. I always like saying, so what brings you here? When I meet such people and they say, well, I came because um, I'm looking for a church that does expository preaching, you know, I give them a holy kiss. <laughs> <laughs> And the right, the right hand of fellowship, kidding aside, that makes me happy uh, right. because we are about that. Right. And I'm glad that they are being discerning and they're trying to have some good priorities. They don't say, well, you know, I'm here because I heard you have a good children's program sure. or yeah. the church is right by my house. And somebody says, well, I'm looking for a church that does expository preaching. And we hear that a lot. And it makes us thankful that yeah. people are utilizing that. I just know that there's, there's more to it. And I right. think, well, you've come to the right place. You're going to get that. Right. But maybe when you get another transfer and you move in five years, I hope you're looking for a expository preaching, but I hope you're also looking for some other things Sure. Yeah. because there are other things that are important, which is what we want to stress in this episode. Right. So why do you think that Christians sometimes equate expository preaching with sound doctrine? I mean, where does, where does that mindset come from that they're going to think expository preaching, sound doctrine, they're one and the same. I think, I think that's a great starting point, especially if they're thinking in terms of that text we read a little while ago, sure, 2 yeah. Timothy 4. So 2 Timothy three sixteen, all scriptures inspired by God. So it's God breathed. That's the origin. It's authoritative. It's sufficient. Therefore, chapter four, preach that very sufficient sure, authoritative yeah, yeah. text. So I think they're onto something. In fact, they're onto the right thing. But that, but let's call that the great starting point. Hmm, yeah. The great starting point is I'm looking for a good church, well, and a faithful pastor who loves the Lord. Well, that's going to show itself and believes the Bible is true. That shows itself in wanting to do expository preaching. Hmm. Let's start there, and then let's move on and, and consider other things. But I think Christians look for this as the only thing because they're, they're, they started the right way, but maybe they're also a little naive. Hmm. And I don't mean that in a like a super mean kind of way. I'm yeah. smiling, <laughs> but but there's some naivete. Uh, they're well-meaning, um, but they're, they're naive because maybe they're under the illusion that as long as a pastor studies Greek and Hebrew and knows how to diagram sentences and original languages, sure, yeah, and that kind of stuff, that that guarantees he's a faithful pastor. Right. That guarantees he understands the gospel and he's going to preach in a way that would honor Jesus and make Jesus happy. Uh, I th but I think that's naive. I think I used to think that way before I went to yeah, seminary. Sure. Yeah, yeah. As long as I go to a seminary that teaches me original languages and about grammar and syntax uh, and a few other things, I'm going to be able to figure out the Bible almost infallibly. That's kind of mm. how I thought. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, to be so naive again. Yeah. Um, but that, that, that is a naive perspective because as you mentioned earlier, all kinds of heretics have hidden behind this kind of mask, if you will, sure. of supposed expository preaching uh, when it's not, it's not the real deal. They're given poison uh, or at least compromising behind that cloak uh, that looks so good and nice. Yeah. So do you think pastors play a role in this at all with the misunderstanding and the confusion for people? I think actually pastors can. So what we want to do is not be such pastors, and we want to encourage other pastors to help people with discernment. Yes, expository mm, preaching, sure. but what is legitimate expository preaching? And what about other things? Mm. Uh, and I actually think sometimes pastors are themselves naive. Sure, yeah. Um, 
I had a long conversation with a friend one time about this very matter, and and he wanted to, uh, he really wanted to suggest and believe that he didn't have a systematic theology, and he didn't have to have these kinds of other categories. He he was just a biblicist. Um, it was just him mm. and his Bible, mm. and he would get it right and be faithful as long as it was just him and his Bible doing grammar, syntax, word studies, historical background, mm. uh, and that kind of thing. And I, I think it's just not really true. We all have a system. Uh, we want the Bible to change our system and mold and shape and correct our system, but we're all coming from somewhere um, and so I think pastors can be naive. They might say, well, I'm not an Arminian nor a Calvinist. I'm just a biblicist. Hmm. Well, depending on what you believe about depravity, humanity, God, salvation, predestination, the work of the spirit, the work of Christ, the extent of the atonement, you either are right. an Arminian or you right. are a Calvinist right. and uh, you're going to fit somewhere even if you don't like the label. Right. Yeah. So with all of that said, um, what we want to do is offer a solution. Okay, so we're going to keep repeating ourselves because that's what pastors do. <laughs> and packed them podcasters. That's right. Yeah. Expository preaching, two thumbs up. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, but let's add things to the list, if you will, to be able to discern between good expository preaching uh, and imposter expository right, preaching. Right, there you go, imposters. Right? Let's yes. do it that way. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm going to offer three things. Three things, um, okay. So these so, are the solution. These are what we're recommending to people. This is where we're trying okay. to drive this whole thing okay. to. So there is an answer. There is some advice. Okay. And so shake the snow globe. I'm shaking yep, the snow Mike globe. Mike did that for us. Help us finish. Here we go. Maybe on our 100th episode, we should give that away. That could be big. That could be fun. Right? We've been trying to rack our minds and brains. Ooh, the Pact what, of Snow what, Globe. I, I, we would have to replace it, though, maybe. We, we would have to get a It'd second one. be kind of sad. We could get a second one. We could do that. Yes. <laughs> we could get a second one. That would be the prize, and it could have our picture in it. <laughs> Instead Not of the, just the Pactum oh, logo. The Pactum logo. Wow. No, they don't want that. Okay. All right. <laughs> Three things. Okay. Three things. Yeah. Let's do that. So what, what should we do in evaluating churches, congregations, pastors, ourselves? Let's for sure start with the thing we've been talking about and supposedly a tongue in cheek warning about. Right. We do want to insist upon expository preaching. Yes. That's numero uno. You do want to insist on it. Explain the Bible to me. Don't right. use the Bible and hijack it to give me your opinion on this, that, or the other thing. Right. Yep. Insist on expository preaching, number one. Yep. However, don't stop there. Don't stop there. Number two, be confessional. So this is episode 15 that we did on the Pactum yes. on being confessional. Right. Remember to confess means to agree. Mm -hmm. And so to be confessional would be to be in agreement with other Christians. Mm -hmm. In particular, we're talking about historic confessions. Right, right. And so we're looking to other Christians who've gone before us where there's been consensus, where there's been agreement on what the Bible means by what it says. Right. Yes. So kind of like a doctrinal statement, but not one... I could make on my own or sure. you could yeah. make or a given congregation, no believers gathering, agreeing together mm -hmm. uh, on what the Bible means by what it says. It's important to be confessional. Yeah. Uh, and it really is important because this way we're not just, you know, making things up as we go. We're paying attention to history right. and right. conflicts and debates, bloodshed sometimes, right. persecution. Right. When all of these things have happened, what has the church agreed upon? What do we believe about the deity and humanity of Christ? Right. What do we believe about how justification works? What do we believe about God and his, in his essence, mm, yeah. the Trinity, 
Holy Spirit, salvation, regeneration, free will, no free will, or something like that. Right. Yeah. So that's what we mean, what we mean by being confessional. So let's think of some historic confessions that some of you would be aware of or be familiar with, or you would subscribe to. We could talk about the Westminster Confession of Faith. Mm -hmm. We could talk about the London Baptist Confession of Faith, the 1689 Confession. Uh, We could talk about other confessions. Those are two good examples. We want to pay attention to those things. Yes. What have other Christians concluded about the meaning of the Bible in the past, and are the leaders accountable to that? Right, yeah. So what would this look like even in our, in our own setting maybe would be helpful for people. So Mike, you preached an expository couple of sermons here recently preaching right. in Jude. Right. And uh, we would, ex- we expected you to be faithful to the text, to look up Greek right. words right. Right. and uh, to study and to pay attention to grammar and syntax right. and his history, read commentaries. But we also expected you as a congregation, we expected you as one of our pastors to color within the lines right. of yes. a historic confession. Right. Yep. And if you weren't going to color within those lines, um, we would want to have a talk with yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's, it's the rails, if you will. Yes. Um, yeah. it shows you're accountable to something. Uh, it's nice when there's a historic confession because people have written down, uh, their understanding of the meaning of the text of scripture so that we can, we can evaluate it. We can affirm it or deny it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what this does, it really, um, helps, you from going to a church and thinking, oh, it's expository preaching, this is fantastic, this is, this is great, but there's no uh, confession whatsoever that they subscribe to, and now you have someone, just him and his Bible, and he's coming up with what he thinks it means, or reading his agenda into texts, and maybe sure, they're expository preaching sermons, however, it's not in line with what Christians have believed the Bible teaches for years and years and years and years and years. It's not yes. agreeing with the church, past, present, yep. and future. It ends up being a hotbed for heresy, right? Is, yeah. what, it, is what it is. Yep. Because, well, you know, this Greek word means this, and I figured this out, and before you know it, it's like promoting heresy because there are no guardrails. Right. Those yeah. guardrails are not inspired. They're not infallible. Only the Scripture is inspired and infallible. Correct. But remember, we're talking apples and oranges because. The scripture alone is infallible and authoritative and inspired, God-breathed. But when that preacher is preaching those sermons, that's yeah. not scripture. Right, yeah. And so his opinion is not authoritative right. based upon what he studied. It's not inspired. Uh, neither is the confession, but at least now we have consensus. Now we have right. broad acceptance, uh, water under the bridge instead of the the one guy doing it in the name of biblicism. Right, yeah. So I think that might be helpful. Uh, So if I'm looking, I'm moving, uh, or if someone at our, in our congregation is moving, looking to go to a different church in a different state, uh, I'm going to say, look for expository preaching, but also look for a church that's confessional. Yeah. And I've literally said to people before, maybe bring our confession and say, here's, here's where I'm coming from pastor. Do you think this would be a good fit for me? Right. Yeah. So that way they can respond. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, maybe a third. So we're talking about what's the answer? Well, insist on expository preaching. Be confessional, and therefore look for a confessional kind of church. Uh, and then, thirdly, we would encourage you to grasp basic Protestantism. 
If we are a Protestant, um, and we would like you to be, <laughs> so you, you, what is Protestant? What, what's the, what are the basics? What what are the solas, if you will? What does yeah, it mean right, right. for salvation to be by grace alone, through faith alone, on account of the finished work of Christ alone, to the glory right, of God yeah. alone, based upon the ultimate authority of Scripture alone, uh, as God's only special revelation to us? You need to know the basics of these basic things. Right. And if you don't, it's probably going to show up in your supposed expository sure. preaching. Yeah. 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 Uh, yep. And before you know it, I'm like that, that guy says he's a Protestant. Yeah. <laughs> he says he's reformed, but what he just taught was justification by faith and faithfulness, faithfulness yeah. which is to deny your Protestantism. Sure. Yeah. And, and maybe related to that as well would be uh, right hand in hand with uh, the solas, if you will, things like sola fide, faith alone, would be law gospel. Yeah, yeah. So, Understanding that distinction, those categories, law and gospel, that's going to be a huge importance when you're uh, looking in these churches and trying to de- decipher what's really happening there. Yep. Uh, yeah. We have an episode on law and gospel. One might be encouraging to you. Episode two, Indeed law and gospel. Indeed we do. It's a great episode. Uh, sadly, in more recent days here, people have uh, said that the law gospel distinction is a Lutheran thing or just a made up thing. Mm. Uh, when in reality, history shows us that it's a Protestant thing. Yeah. So whether you're on the reform side of things or you're on the Lutheran side of things, that's actually where there was agreement yeah. uh, betwixt Protestants. Betwixt. <laughs> <laughs> here's, a, here's a great quote by Beza. Beza came after Calvin in Geneva. We divide this word into two principal parts or kinds. He's talking about the Bible. The one is called the law, the other the gospel. For all the rest can be gathered under one or other of these two headings. We must pay great attention to these things, for with good reason we can say that ignorance of this distinction between law and gospel is one of the principal sources of the abuses which corrupt and still corrupt Christianity. Hmm. So that's just a great quote by Beza showing this is like ABC's one, two, threes. And so I need to understand the difference between law and gospel so that when I'm looking for a new congregation uh, or I'm pastoring a congregation for that matter, I can say, oh yeah, this is what God requires. That's law. This is what God provides graciously. That's gospel. If I don't know the difference, all of a sudden I can, I'm going to blur the two. It's going to be gospel and I'm going to corrupt both the law and the gospel. Hmm. So it's critical that we would think clearly when we're preaching, when we're listening, when we're looking for a good church. Okay. Yes. Verse by verse, Lectio Continua, bread and butter, absolutely explain the Bible. Don't use the Bible to explain whatever you want to talk about. But, but you also have these things that are biblical, uh, and what's biblical would be, uh, sola fide. What's biblical is law and gospel distinction. What's biblical is, uh, the fact that the spirit of God has been working in the past for a long, long time, leading Christians to come to certain conclusions. That's why we would want to say it's good to be confessional. Right. Yep. Yep. All of this, and maybe we should have started there, but we'll end on this. We're concerned about well-meaning Christians who perhaps are a bit naive, uh, and maybe sometimes even pastors, but mainly right. Christians, and they're, they they think they're safe when somebody claims to be an expositor. Right, yes. And I can think of a well-known expositor right now um, who teaches justification by faith and works. Hmm. 
And uh, I'm an expositor, not near as well known, um, <laughs> but I'm going to say the Bible doesn't teach that. So that's not actually good expository preaching. And yet you would be under the illusion that we're the same because we have the same kind of style. Right. Yeah. And so we are concerned because it, it is a gospel issue yeah. uh, as a matter of fact. Yes. So let's keep that in mind. Maybe if we wanted to add other labels to this, I don't want to make it more confusing. Um, but sometimes people say, well, what kind of expository preaching? <laughs> well, <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, one way that some have chosen to, to describe better preaching that's also expository preaching would be redemptive historical yeah. because you're paying attention to the unfolding drama of redemption that goes throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. So you see the progress of revelation. You see how it is Christ-centered, uh, anticipating Christ through the types and shadows and fulfilled in Christ when he comes. Uh, so that, that, would, that would be helpful, I think, mm. um, used in a certain kind of way. Uh, I'm looking for a church that does redemptive historical preaching that is expositional yeah, yeah. Uh, because it means they're Christ-centered in the right sort of sense. I think there was a, a really interesting book that Brian Chapel wrote a number of years ago, and I think the title is so revealing. I thought it was a good book, maybe not my very favorite book on preaching, but Pactum Verse listeners, listen to this title that kind of helps get at the very thing we're trying to get at. Christ-Centered Preaching is the title of the book by Brian Chapel, but the subtitle of Christ-Centered Preaching is Redeeming the Expository Sermon. Hmm. Yeah. Some expo so, so-called expository sermons need to be redeemed. Yeah, yeah. They, they need to be Christ-centered. They need to fit within the unfolding drama, as we like to say. Yeah, that's good. So maybe, maybe that's a good way to end things, Mike. Yeah. Well, we want to thank you all for listening to the Pactum. We're so thankful that you are a part of the Pactum verse. Don't forget, contest starts today, Wednesday, August 10th. Ends, we'll announce the winner in two weeks. You're going to give a five star rating wherever you listen and take a screenshot. Email it to connect at thepactum.org. We'd love to hear from you. You can be emailing us again at connect at thepactum.org. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you can find us on the interwebs. We'll be there. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on The Pactum. <laughs>